Good morning. Today is Tuesday, March 30th, 2021. I'm your host, Evan George, and welcome to Bostopian News. And here's what's happening in the news today. After Kim Janey's criticism of the MBTA's recent service cuts, the Fiscal and Management Control Board met immediately afterwards and did not restore to full service. While the MBTA recently pledged that it would use the funds to promptly restore service levels, they did not offer a definitive timeline of when that reduced service will return, and have not made the same commitments about restoring service on the ferry system or on the several commuter rail lines that were cut from having any weekend service whatsoever. So the MBTA is still refusing to restore the cuts despite receiving well over a billion dollars from the federal government. Kim Janey, at that same rally, announced a pilot program to provide 1,000 workers with a free month on the T, especially for those workers who are in certain areas hit hard by the pandemic. However, obviously, this is nothing more than a miniature band-aid of a systemic problem, which is going to require much larger solutions than just a quick temporary gift card lottery. State Senator Sonia Chang-Diaz made headlines yesterday saying that she's seriously considering a run for governor next year. Sonia is a Democrat from Jamaica Plain and the first Latina to serve in the state Senate after she was elected in 2008. She has been on the progressive side of most issues from the state Senate, as I understand it. And should she decide to make her teaser official, in a recent massing poll, 17% of registered voters said they, they would vote for Sonia compared to 31% for Baker. Though, so early in the race, it's hard for that poll to have too much merit, to be honest. A quick glance at her fundraising has her at $216,000, which is half of Charlie Baker and nowhere near Lieutenant Governor Polito, who is currently pulling in around $2 million. So should... So when you decide to make her announcement official, definitely is going to have a lot of catching up to do. But I hope she hops in. The Massachusetts legislature is considering a major expansion of Massachusetts's child abuse reporting laws, otherwise referred to as mandated reporters. So a mandated reporter is a professional who must, under penalty of law, file suspected abuse on children that come under their care. For example, when I was a teacher, an educator, I was a mandated reporter and had to file what are referred to as 51As, which is a document with the state reporting suspected abuse. Massachusetts is considering expanding who qualifies as a mandated reporter to include groups such as coaches, pharmacists, urgent care personnel, any state agency personnel who interact with children etc. And while on its face I support this, some activists have raised the concern that this will simply compound what is an ever-growing problem of frivolous 51As being filed against Black and Latino families. It'll be interesting to see how they square the circle between expanding mandated reporters, even lowering the definition of what constitutes suspected abuse, therefore allowing greater subjectivity and therefore potential bias? How do you measure that against trying to make sure that children who are in unsafe households get the help they need?
not the easiest problem to solve, but certainly one that deserves a lot of time and thought into. The state's film tax credit has come under fire over the last few weeks, as the law is scheduled to sunset on January 1st, 2023. How this works is the state provides a tax credit equal to 25% of whatever is spent in Massachusetts on commercials, TV, series, and movies, which is one of the reasons why you see a lot of Hollywood movies in the last few years being filmed in Massachusetts. However, an analysis of this tax credit done by the Tax Expenditure Revenue Commission raises concerns that we might not be getting the best bang for our buck, and that while this tax credit has succeeded in generating jobs here in Massachusetts, because film production has shifted towards here, it has come at the cost of roughly $100,000 per position, meaning if you take into account how much money Massachusetts has given in tax credits, we ended up paying, again, one hundred grand per job we created. And something tell me that the workers who benefited from this increase in jobs weren't receiving pay and benefits equal to 100000 a year. This is one of the reasons why simply pointing to job creation is a frivolous and meaningless economic indicator, because sometimes adding jobs simply means that your residents are doing so poorly that they have to take on multiple jobs, or as this illustrates, that a tax credit expanded jobs, however, at a cost to the state. And I'd be interested to hear how supporters of the tax credit push back against that recent study. But just remember, tax credit policies do very little, if nothing at all. And that's going to do it for today's episode. I hope you all had a fantastic Monday and that your Tuesday is even better. With that, take care and have a great rest of your day.